There are many people in and across the university who are doing excellent work. In our Changemaker podcast series, we shine a light on some of our staff and partners and discover remarkable projects that are shaping society. In this episode, we meet Dr. Apollinaire Tundi, whose friends call him Apo. Originally from Paris, Apo teaches mechatronics at the University of the West of England and works out of the Bristol Robotics Laboratory. Mechatronics is a discipline that combines mechanical engineering and electronics, and robotics is an example of mechatronics in action. He started his career with a focus on creating a bio-inspired knee joint for robots, but this all changed when he met Andy Lewis. Andy is a retired Paralympian gold medal holder. He had his right leg amputated when he was 22 after a severe road accident in his teens. But later he started swimming, running and cycling to take part in triathlon events. After a lot of hard training and just two years after his first competitive triathlon, he won gold in 2016 at the Rio Paralympics. A year before that, the father of two was at a swimming pool in North Bristol when Apo approached him to inquire about his leg. One random day, I can't remember exactly the day now, but it was definitely before you went to, uh, before you went to Rio, I was at the uh, swimming pool in Bradley Stoke and I, I saw that uh, guy on the side of the pool and I, me being a very nerdy, curious engineer, I sort of asked, you know, what's, what's that joint all about? What was the, then? What was your reaction to that? Then, if you if you recall, yeah, I think at that point I was like, "Who is this guy?" You know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this yep. guy, yeah, poking and prodding me for more information. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the interesting thing for me was that someone took notice of it and someone was asking the questions. Mm. And I think during my time there, um, swimming and obviously f- training, the knee that I use is I'm not going to lie, it's, it's very boring. But yeah, when we had that conversation, it was just like, well, this is what I've currently got. What can you do for me? Mm. So where did it start for me? I was ran over in um, by a 38-ton articulated lorry back in 1999. Uh, I was super fit. And when I went under that lorry, as you can imagine, at the age of 16, it turned my whole life upside down. I didn't know really what I wanted to do then. Mentally, it took it out of me. Um, I, I tried to take my own life a number of times and I just got to the point where I just didn't want to be here anymore. I think the whole thing that turned around for me and how I got into sport and how I sort of found myself again was in 2007, my wife now, girlfriend then, sort of became pregnant and uh, my daughter came along and it changed my whole outlook on life, really. It, it sort of made me realise that there was going to be someone else uh, that was going to need me, someone that was going to rely on me. And I think it's like everything in life. It, it gave me a purpose. It gave me a focus. It gave me a passion. It gave me goals. It gave me drive. And that's really then when I was like, well, I need to get my life back on track. I'd put a lot of weight on uh, as an amputee. Um, I didn't lose my leg straight away. Uh, I I had my leg amputated in 2005. So I lived with my leg very disfigured in a hospital for a number of years. But I decided to have my leg amputated because it just kept, it just got too bad. And I just said, enough's enough. But then I just turned my my life around and started getting into sport. And when I say getting into sport, it wasn't just, uh, you know, I became this, 
this champion of sport, it started off really gently, really soft. So first of all, it was just getting on a bike in the garden, turning the pedals over. Then eventually I would go to the pool. And as an amputee, as you can imagine, my confidence was rock bottom. People seeing me without a leg and people staring and people pointing fingers and didn't really know how to take that. And then uh, I didn't run for a long time. So for me, it was just about the biking and the swimming. And yeah, and then that's how I just started to get into sport. And I got into sport and I think, wow, do you know what? I can eat all this cake. And as long as I do this bit of exercise, I can eat what I like. So for me, I was like, yeah, this is great. So I started doing that. You know, I went and got my pilot's license when I lost my leg. And when I came back with having my pilot's license, I was just like, if I can learn to fly an airplane and get my pilot's license within one month, what what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, I just took that first step. What was great about this encounter that we had was the um, the push that you gave me because he, he sort of has, has driven my whole focus that I had on just robotics now towards you know medical robotics and prosthetics itself. I think the first thing I thought was he's, he's actually someone that surely is training very hard for an activity that he's passionate about. And I could see the passion in his eyes about you know training for, for sport, training for all those different activities. And I thought to myself, okay, That question that you've asked me that day when you said, uh, okay, well, what you're doing for, you know, robots is great. Thank you. That's, that's great. But what about, what, about, what about us? What about humans? You see, look at my knee here. You know, what, what can you do about it? How come that knee joint that I've got for, for just cycling is not the same that I can use for when I'm running? And all, you know, those shocking, they were pretty much shocking questions to me because I thought, hang on, yeah, you're right. Because I'm, I've been developing those very complicated and very, you know, pu publishable and, and interesting research that have been, you know, praised by peers. Okay, great. But there are things that I can do on, on the field for people, you know, like you that needs an actual bio-inspired knee joint to, to enable you to just, you know, do the things that, you know, we just take for granted. And I think that shock itself was a, a wake-up call. I think that's probably what I needed at the time. I needed that sort of um, me hitting the wall with your reality hitting my reality. So then I could realize that, yeah, we can, we can do Sometimes, something. Sometimes, it's like I said before, it's like having that focus, isn't it? Something yeah. to focus on. And for me, it was straight away, if the biggest thing for an amputee within a triathlon is changing your leg. Mm -hmm. So it was, what is the quickest way yep. I can change my prosthetic? Because that. you have your, there's three disciplines, swim, bike, run. Mm -hmm. But the fourth discipline is the transitions. Mm -hmm. So transitioning from one leg to the other. Yeah. So I'm like... Right, Apple, what, how can you help me? Basically to win again. Yeah. I remember, I remember you said you, you were, um, you know, sort of challenging me a little bit, like, what can you do? I Then, I, in a way, I challenge you back as in, well, you're training for Rio. Do you know what? You, you go over there, you got the medal, and if you get the medal, then when we come back, we have a discussion. So I think, um, did, that, did that have any particular effect at the time, or was it, were you just thinking of winning anyway? <laughs> I always, as a competitive person, I always wanted to win. Mm. I think that's it's, it's inevitable, really. But the fact that I had a massive amount of pressure on my shoulders going into that Games. I, I was the current British, European, world champion going into the Paralympic Games. So the pressure from the media and pressure from team and people and one thing or another was, was enough. But then coming back to know that Ah, Apple, you said this, <laughs> I've done it. Uh, now you've got to help me, you know? Um, so that was sort of how 
it then came about of me coming down and, and finding out what the next steps were. Obviously, after you came back and after we sort of agreed on, you know, okay, now well, let's just work together. Let's just write a proposal. We we got the funding. We're all it was all happy days, and you know we get on with the the research and everything. And that I remember that day when you came on on, on campus. You sort of you sort of went, okay, I want to, I need to win again, you know. So because you know that was obviously after Rio. So the idea was, okay, well. As you said, the fourth activity is transition. And that time uh, in between you changing legs needs to be reduced as a min- uh, to, the, to any minimum possible. We looked at the way you were obviously changing legs, identifying how long it takes you to do that, and we then developed a, a device that was um, that we're still you know in, in the process of patenting it. So it's still you know ongoing. Obviously, starting from what do you need to win, and now and more importantly, what do you need to have um, in a way try to try, try to dignify you know your your life because I remember you mentioning before about you know I want to be able to you know get on my knees if I want to get on my knees with my kids I want to be able you know to walk the dogs uh, and then I want to go on my bike and even to, to jog without having to change leg all the time so um, that was I think these were the key you know criteria that we sort of targeted in the first place then the idea was you need to be able to press a button get the leg out get the other leg in. As simple as that. So um, the device itself was a pretty simple mechanism, um, but that, that still needed a bit, a bit of a refinement. So that's why we had you on campus a couple of times, you know, trying in, trying in, trying out, trying out, you know, the, the device. And I remember that time when you came trying the, um, the 3D printing one, the plastic ones, mm-hmm. where you sort of tried it and you sort of went, oh, I want that. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. I remember that feeling that yeah. you had. So we, we've, we've uh, obviously innovated that further down the line and developed developed the whole prototype further. The thing yeah. is, though, mate, you're making it sound like it's really simple and really straightforward, yeah. whereas actually there's a lot of work, uh, there, a yeah. lot of stuff that went into it. And, and initially it's about creating something that's simple to use, but actually... The work that went into getting to that point was it was was quite a lot, it and obviously, lot. yeah. Thank you, you and the guys really and the team for mm. so obviously for doing that. But on the other side of that, you, we want to help people, and it's about developing things that mm. can actually help people yeah. to do stuff and to be active. What I found when we first met, and what I found now, now and I find now in my life as well, is that even though I've been an amputee since two thousand and five, I'm still evolving, and I'm still, you know, I'm thirty nine now but I still feel as though I've got plenty of time to be able to perfect stuff working with you guys to help others. Mm. We, we learn and we develop mm. and we create a mindset where eventually we want to help others. And, yeah. I, and I think that's just the human, mm-hmm. human nature. Mm. I was very lucky to be honoured after the work we did. I was mm. honoured with a, a master's degree from, from UWE, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Master's of Technology, the mm-hmm. one was. Yeah. And then I was also given a, a, a doctorate, by, doctorate yeah. b- by another university. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were both honorary ones. And I, But I always thought to myself, like meeting guys like you and other people that I was meeting in the lab, I was just like, I never did very well at school. I struggled in school because of my ADHD and dyslexia wasn't identified. Mm-hmm. But I've always had this passion about engineering. I've always had this mm-hmm. passion about learning mm-hmm technology and how things work and so when I get to meet guys like you and, and actually are sitting in a room and people actually listen it, it's not only does it make you feel more involved with things and particularly projects but it makes you feel m- more um, confident in yourself mm. and your own mm-hmm. abilities yeah, yeah. so the fact that we went into that room and there was you know there was four or five six people yeah. in in the room 
and you were coming up with these ideas and there's me going no that's not going to work yeah. and you were going no what you, no, that's not going to work trust yeah, me yeah, I, I, got, I remember yeah that yeah. brainstorming we were having a yeah. big massive brainstorming with technicians students of mine and even researchers as well back in the days uh, when we were running the project and it was it was just I think one of those moments where you can see the the passion your passion you know got, you know encountering my passion for developing things and and your 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 crazy ideas as you said back in the days um, we're trying to put them on the board and thinking okay let's let's just find a way out find a way you know out with with these all, all different ideas and it was I think it was um, one of those moments that I have to say I'm cherishing now you know because that makes my 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 daily job to be actually alive yeah. because I'm I'm you know I'm using your stories many times with my students now you know saying look um, there are things that we can do for people there are things that you know we we can develop now and we can make the life of people better just right now you know I've got a lot of life experience and I thought to myself after right what can I do to help other people um, that may help them to deliver on their life goals and that is when um, I set up Bespoke Mentoring uh, along with a uh, head teacher, actually. First of all, it started off, do you know, when you, when you come back from, the, when you're an athlete and you come back from the games, everybody wants a piece of you. And uh, I spent a lot of time in primary schools initially and I was doing a lot of things around getting people active and getting people. And I actually, I came across this, this sort of scenario where I was going into schools and I was motivating these children for, uh, you know, I go in and I tell, oh, this is me, this is my medal, this is what I've done, uh, let's do some activities. And I'd motivate those kids and I'd get them active and they'd be, what, motivated for a day, a week, maybe a month. And there didn't ever seem to be any follow-up within the education sector. So I was just like, right, I, I, I don't necessarily want to go in and do this anymore where I'm just doing like this one-day thing. So we started up looking at how I could work with the schools to develop lessons around what I'd gone in and talked about. So if I'd gone on and talked about well-being or healthy eating or, you know, they would have to roll on and do something other than that. So um, I then started working with schools, secondary schools, universities, uh, colleges. I then started working with the Department of Work and Pensions and the government, helping get people back into work after covid and do you know what? It always came down to people initially either losing confidence in themselves, not having the confidence, um, or not knowing who to turn to or where to go. So when we set up Bespoke Mentoring, the way we now recruit is recruiting people that have had similar life experiences to ourselves. So yes, qualifications are important. Yes, it's great to understand and have an understanding of a certain subject or what it is that you want to qualify in. But for me, it was more about sharing life skills and life stories. We know that there's many people that will go to university and they get a qualification and then they come out of university. They still really don't know what they want to do or where they want to go. So what we try and do is help people to identify where their skills lie and what they enjoy in life to be able to then, you know, focus on something. Um, because we all know that when we do something that we enjoy or when we do something that we feel as though is has a purpose, we're better at it. Absolutely, Andy. Yeah. I, I've got to, I've got to say that what you what you guys are doing is exactly what I'm doing for, with my third year student when it comes to projects. Because that these are you literally. 
I think I think you did take those words from me. I'm sure at some point <laughs> uh, because that's exactly what I said to my students. I usually tell them, "Look, um, this year you're doing a project. It's real. It's going to be your baby. You've got and you've got about what six, seven months to get it to get it. You know, to get to a point where you're going to be proud about it, and you're going to be you know, also it's going it's going to be your thing. So um, the part of what I'm doing when I when it comes to supervision is just giving them the space, giving them the directions, giving them uh, and then making sure they've got the right skills. So asking them, you know, what is it that you want to do? Because that's going to be actually driving the whole thing. That's what's going to motivate you to actually carry this on all the way through. Uh, and I can I can tell actually from the very beginning of the project which ones are going to be, you know, the ones we're going to be delivering or the ones we're not going to be delivering. So it's um, it's interesting that you know you're obviously in that sort of realm as well because at any at, I guess it, it works. With 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 and for anybody actually, it's adapt. The people are used sometimes in their life at the moment where they they feel either they have the confidence to do things or they don't have it. And your job and my job, where I am at university, is just to do exactly that, just to point them to the right direction and asking them where do they want to go, what is it that they feel like doing, and then encouraging them, giving them the space, giving them the time, and. Yeah, let them, letting them to you know realize that actually making them aware of themselves, yeah. making them aware of their skills. <laughs>